Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack. Just dropped a few uh, choice words on some other recordings that we started on this one, but we're back. We're better than ever. I'm joined by Rob Cassidy. Rob, how's it going? Let's hope this take takes, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, this is take three. I think it's I think it's going to stick this time, guys. Uh, and of course, Dave Lackford. Dave, how are you? Outstanding. So it's been a few weeks since we've had an episode. We know we promised you were going to be more consistent. We did record one two weeks ago. We had to scrap it due to uh, the eclectic personality of Dave Lackford <laughs> and our lack of a producer, plus some technical issues. So we're not going to blame it all on Dave. There was an epic rant that was in there, which we'll see the light of day at some point. Uh, just not right now. We'll have some time uh, get between between the what we were talking about and it. But we're back, so we apologize. Uh, you know, if, if maybe when we start a Patreon, we'll release that episode. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine Rob, Rob somebody paying to listen to us? <laughs> yeah, are you guys? Do you guys? Are you guys members of any Patreons? I am not. What even like Instagram people? Rob, no, <laughs> no I wish. <laughs> no, no, sadly, what, no podcast, no, no Instagram people. What's Patreon? There we go. That's what we were looking for, Dave. Uh, so, so Patreon is like. Me. It's a, it's okay, a way. Go for, oh, go ahead, Rob. No, no, I, you do it. It's a way for podcasters to monetize their podcasts. It's also a way for Instagram models to monetize their butt on sync pictures. <laughs> is essentially what it is. Right. Exactly. So, well, I so, got both so, of those things going for me. So sign me <laughs> up. So, so, so the way it works is it's like, oh, we'll do. Like, okay, we have our normal podcast, but then if you pay, if you're like a Patreon member and you pay $9.99 a month, like, hey, when, when Woody and Rob are at IMG, they're going to do a special podcast just for the Patreon listeners or whatever. So, um, and then on Instagram, uh, it's usually, you know, the way, the, the, the way people release, you know, explicit photos or whatnot. All right, so okay, the, so- the, you go to the Patreon site and you just put in your credit card number and you pay like $3 a month to either see the good but on sync pictures or to hear the good podcast content. Good. All right. So five star challenge is coming up. We're going to have a Patreon podcast from Club Nicky's. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, yeah, we could have a meetup. I, I actually, it would be fun. Maybe, uh, but as long as we're employed, uh, that's that, at a at a major company. That's not in the cards. So anyway, uh, I do. There is one podcast people. I've, it's not a Patreon, but they've got like a club. And at one point, I was listening to like three or four of their podcasts. So I was like, you know what? These dudes are just two dudes. They don't work anywhere. Let me kick them 50 bucks. So I am a member of that. Uh, I think it's called Bald Move. So check them out if you like TV shows. All right, let's jump right into it. We are introducing a new segment this week, which isn't really that new. But uh, we're calling it For Football Coaches, By Football Coaches, Topic of the Week. So this week... It happened today, almost perfect timing from the time we decided just to launch the podcast, record a podcast today. Minnesota coach PJ Fleck, this is from the Minnesota Star Tribune, very nice newspaper. Headline, Megan Ryan, Gophers coach PJ Fleck's rule, you commit to me, you can't go see another place. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how that how road games work, uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Could you imagine if they only played home games? Uh, don't, don't want guys thinking about transferring. Yeah, they just they just blindfold you on the way, like cartel style. <laughs> so, so here's what happens, Dave. You may not realize this because you're uh, relatively new to the media circuit, but Rob and I can speak to it, being former uh, local newspaper reporters. Every year, 
these coaches go around and they do these tours, right? I'm sure you've seen them like, Hey, it's the coach's caravan. So they'll drive around. Like I'm Fleck is currently on one in Minnesota. They'll go to these different alumni functions, get up, give a speech, rah, rah. We love our recruiting class. Please donate money, etc. And they meet with the local media when they're there. Well, now I used to love this because when I was in Naples, all of these coaches would come and there'd be no reporters there except me. And I could really pin them down and get them to say dumb stuff like <laughs> that would that I could get to blow up and get me some traffic nationally. So like I once got Magic Johnson to tell me he wanted to bring the the uh, NFL back to L.A., which which ended up getting all the way to like PTI. I once got uh, the AD at Michigan to talk about the Fab Four banners because you're just sitting there one-on-one. You would never, anyone in these other medias, you don't get one-on-one interviews with them, but because it's a local event and you're the local paper, they do it for some reason. So anyway, Fleck, speaking to a crowd Wednesday at the Coach's Caravan in Delwood, which I have no idea where Delwood, Minnesota is. He says, I have a rule. You commit to me, you can't go see another place. Not because I'm insecure, Nobody said that, Carson, you brought that up. But if you want to be committed, you're going to be committed. Too many people teach young people to be committed, but also one foot in and one foot out the door. You've got to be all in. Or as Fleck termed it, we've got a problem in our society. We don't have a problem in our program. So Megan gets gets a nice uh, line in here. So she says, basically, Fleck's recruiting style is the same as Project Runway. You're either in or you're out. So nice job, Megan, for sneaking that in there. We saw that. Rob, this is right up your alley. I mean, I know yeah, I know you're in lockstep with Coach Fleck on this one. Give us uh, your reaction to what you think so far. I've never really been a big PJ Fleck fan. I, I there, there's a correlation between people that think this way about recruiting and coaching and people that you know, coin stupid phrases like row the boat that don't really mean anything. <laughs> I, I don't really understand what he's doing there. I, you know, this, we talk about this constantly though. It's, it's almost getting repetitive. Of course, of course it's stupid. <laughs> and him trying to, to recruit the way that Clemson recruits is also stupid. You can get away with this. If you're Clemson, they have that rule, right? That's why they never have decommits. If you commit to them, right, you'll but- visit somewhere. If you are Clemson and you have won two national titles in the last three years, you can get away with doing this. If you are PJ Fleck and you coach at Minnesota, which has won two national titles, never, you probably can't get away with doing this. It's what was the line that got me in trouble on the podcast years ago? Who does Iowa think it is? Who does Minnesota? Yeah, think yeah. It is? <laughs> Willie well, Taggart. So, Willie Taggart's doing the same thing down at Florida State right now. If you're committed to work. us, you can't take visits. Yeah, it won't work. Yeah, I know. You, okay, yeah, first, good luck with that. I think Chip Kelly used to have a rule like this, and I think Mark Helfrich kind of carried it over. And I, if I remember, uh, do you remember the running back? Uh, he's on USC now. His last name is Malapii. Uh, Vave, I think was his name. He was in the Army game that year. He was set to sign with Oregon, and Oregon found out that he took a visit to USC. Not even like he was going to flip to USC, but they found out that he took the visit, and they like told him, "Okay, go ahead and sign with USC." <laughs> and yeah. then he, of course, maybe they were trying to drop him anyway. Got- I mean, that's their prerogative. Well, I mean, he- it's not smart, but it's their prerogative, right? Well, the the issue is. Here's why it's not. Well, first of all, I haven't heard much about Taggart. If Taggart's doing this, you ca- it's impossible. You cannot do it in Florida. There's just no way. It's just, it's, it, it isn't a thing. Now, I wouldn't have a, I honestly, I can sort of see where the coaches are coming from, but a school like Clemson will almost tell guys to wait to commit. Like they'll say, go take visits. 
get them out of the way, wait to commit. Whereas I don't think Minnesota is telling any kids that want to commit to wait. I, I do think like my thing is always like if if your school is the best and you feel like it's the best, then 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 stand on your own and don't worry about what other people are doing. Uh, and and obviously, you know, Flex taking a ton of heat on Twitter today because first of all, he, he left in the middle of a of a multi-year contract at Western Michigan, which I don't right, begrudge right. him from doing if that's what he wants to do. But then he took like the entire recruiting class also. He did. And you know, he, he rode his boat down the Bell River. He even <laughs> took the expression. He he <laughs> they they stole a stupid expression. expression. They had to make a deal for him to get the, he had to pay like to get the to get his catchphrase. Did he copyright that? Yeah, well, I think it was like the trademark it. No, I think the school did, and then they they had yeah. to like it was yeah, part of had, the agreement he had to pry it away from them or something. Good on Western Here, Michigan. Here, there's only really so many ways that we can say coaches are hypocrites. I mean, it's we go over it every week. I think a more interesting exercise would be let's name the schools that that policy could possibly work at. It could work at Clemson. It does. It could. It seems like it could work at Alabama, but Saban doesn't do it, and they still lose recruits. There's no way it's ever working anywhere in the state of Florida. I don't care if you've won three straight titles. You can't do that here. Um, is that it? Are those the only two programs that could get away with this? Um, I, I, I could see it working at like Washington. Um, I don't see how it can work at Oregon because they don't have like a, a local recruiting base. Well, neither does so, Clemson. I know, well, but yeah. – Yeah, but here, here's why I can't work at Oregon. Because – the apricots though comparing Clemson and Oregon. The, the the problem with the problem is, and, and Rob and I've been dealing with this basically for a decade. The entire time we've done this job, every kid like, likes Oregon, wants to go to Oregon. Oh, they're in my top five. I'm going to take an official, and even the ones that commit, like it's so far away that you you can't you could never make that rule. And that's the other issue. Like this is a different time for people. It's so easy for these kids to get to places for visits. Just let them go. Like, okay, so so say a kid's from Atlanta, right? And he's committed to Stanford, but George is playing Alabama and they invite him. I want to go to the game. You know what I mean? Just let me go. Like, can I just go have fun and be a kid? Like, that that's another reason why I don't get mad at people for taking other visits or doing other things. Like, sure, yeah, guess, especially during a season. Yeah, I'm going to take an official, I'm going to take my official visits because I want to go have fun and enjoy this recruiting process. I mean, chances are I'm not going to make it to the NFL. This is the only time I'll be wooed like this. I'm not going to be a big time NFL free agent. Let me have fun. And like, and I know, like, okay. Co- football coaches want to have like a no nonsense attitude, but I mean, like, dude, I, like I, I think the thirty eight special rule applies here, uh, and I'm going to show my age. And I'm going to quote thirty eight special and say, "Hold on loosely, but don't let go." Because have you ever tried to be too controlling in a relationship that never works out well? Is it a western? Is that what that is? Yeah, I don't know what you're quoting, but the the relationship. Hold on, loose but don't let go. No, man, I don't. <laughs> okay. you <laughs> David, this is from like Bruce Springsteen. Who sings this? Yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 38 special. It's called Hold On Loosely. Remember, oh, I thought it was a, I thought it was like a John Wayne movie. <laughs> no, 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 yeah, remember, 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 and Woody, you'll remember this in Better Call Saul when uh, Mike is back in Philly and he and he shoots the cops that killed his son and he's in a bar drunk. That's the song that's playing. Hold oh, on, okay. loosely. Spoiler, spoiler alert. Um. <laughs> it's the first season that came out five years ago. If you haven't seen it by now, that's on you, B. 
<laughs> okay, so so I I like the relationship analogy. We went through this with Iowa a couple oh, of years God, ago. They're from Jacksonville, thirty-eight special. It seems when they had uh, Eno Benjamin, who uh, is honestly one of continues to be one of the nicest kids I've ever encountered. And like he still Eno Benjamin was not in my region. I met him probably one time. And every time I see him now as a, where he leads to Pac-12 and rushing, he's like, hey, Woody, what's up? And he wants to legitimately have a conversation. He was the one like, that got the Iowa fans all up in arms over me, over me saying who he, you think you are. Right. It was him and Chevin Calloway. Now, Chevin Calloway is washed out and turned to be a major bust. But, like, that was the issue is, like, you know, imagine Eno Benjamin at Iowa, dude. I mean, he, he, he would be putting up massive numbers. Uh, looks like he is at Arizona State. So sometimes I just think these coaches get too cute. And I, I really think that, like, do, do we think, you know, when Flex said this, do I, did he think it was going to be a national news story? No, but it's a perfect time of, it's a slow time right now. We got nothing to talk about and everyone's going to jump on him because it's like, this is just like, it's just not worth saying this. Even I if this the is your. Thing, the thing that makes me most mad about it. And this is probably a macro problem too. It's how most coaches, instead of just saying, hey, I selfishly don't want anybody to, to visit because my job depends on these kids' decisions, which I think everybody would respect. They try to make it like a, like a mentoring moment where he says, you know, we've got a problem in this society today. <laughs> it's yes. like he's trying to fix – what did he say? He said it's a na- – what what what's the quote? It's a national epidemic. It's a epidemic. PJ Fleck, football coach slash sociologist. How, it, how is a that a societal problem? In problem. That's it's a problem in our society. No. We don't. What have is a the problem? problem in a, you you coach for six different schools in a nine year period. It's called capitalism. But look, so, dude, just come out. Hey, Rob, it might go full circle, man. He might be a socialist like you, bro. Just come. <laughs> just <laughs> democratic socialists and regular socialists are different. But we can get into that later. <laughs> oh, just that's on the next podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Tune into our DSA podcast, which I'll put out next week. It, it, I think I would respect it more if he was just like, look your million dollar job doesn't depend on what these kids do. Mine does. So I don't want them visiting. Okay. Is it right? Is it wrong? Who cares? I'd be like, okay, at least you're being honest. But to be like, you know, we have a problem in society today is when I just, and anybody with that brain just starts rolling their eyes because coaches for whatever, I'll tell you why we have to take it there because these coaches for whatever reason have decided that they cannot act like they're doing a job that they get paid for. They have to act like they're doing charity work by molding leaders of men or something. And nobody wants to acknowledge that it's a job like anything else and that they're getting money in exchange for winning football games. So for some some reason, we have to pretend like that's not happening and that they're really what their purpose really is, is molding society and the future leaders of this this generation. (laughs) (laughs) They've had three D commits this month. So he's a little, he's definitely mad about it, but chances are, why do you think those guys decommitted? Probably because they want to take other visits, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because Minnesota is not like a destination, right? Destination schools are Clemson, Ohio State, um, Bama, you know what I mean? Minnesota's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I got a committable offer from Minnesota. I'm going to go there. And then the kid goes to a camp and does well, or he, um, you know, he has a really good senior season, and all of a sudden all these other schools start offering him. It's it's the game, bro. It's capitalism. You're it's, it's, here's what it is. What do we say? Stock up and stock down. Yes, that's a term we use, correct? So if a kid's stock is up, then Minnesota is like uh, it's it's not a, a great investment if your stock is super high. Yeah, PJ stock, especially PJ Flex stock is down. I'll tell you that much. Oh, yeah, he's stock down right now. Here's the thing. 
if this in in Dabo and and Ferenc at Iowa, they've both been there for Ferenc has been there for like twenty five years. Dabo's this is the only job he's ever had. So at least when they try to give have this policy, they can say, "Look, I'm committed to the program. I'm not going anywhere." Blah blah blah. PJ Fleck, you can't. You've had like six jobs in nine years or whatever the stat is. You can't. You can't have. You can't. Yeah, you can't pull that card. You don't have the pedigree right. for that. Also, and and to take it to a further extent with Clemson, they keep their assistance coaches. Man, uh, Brent Venables could get a head coaching job pretty much anywhere. So when and also PJ Flex said you're all in in that tweet. He's stealing Clemson's slogan. It's Clemson's hashtag. You're not. Who do you think you are? <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Rob Cassidy take here and say, who does Minnesota think they are? Who does Iowa think it is? Well, look, I don't have. I don't have an issue if if, if you want to live and die with that strategy. I just think, I just don't think it's a good idea for for. Uh, <laughs> like, what are what do you what is the positive of coming out and saying this at a thing? Like, you maybe you fired up some dudes at a at a rally, but next thing you know, now you've got. Everyone ripping you and kids who might not otherwise see or hear about oh, this. You know, yeah, you know that's a good question. What what's the value in that? And I'm going to put my tin foil hat. It's tin foil hat time. I wish we had a producer so we could do like some weird alien noises. But um, maybe it's because these coaches they go to these coaching clinics and they get mad coaches to sign up. So maybe if you say more football coach stuff on Twitter to football coaches, you get a bigger return on your investment when it's time for them to pay for your football camps. What about that? Yeah. I, no, no, I, no, no takes, no takers on that. I was, I was reading Twitter. I missed it. So I'm sorry. I'm sure what you said was very insightful. All right. No, it wasn't. It was terrible. Okay. All right. Thanks. Moving on. Speaking of Dabo, we wanted to talk about this. Uh, last week, we didn't get a chance to. Dabo Sweeney did a, a long article uh, or with an interview with David Hale, excuse me, at ESPN, and they talked about a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, there's always there's going to be a storyline. Is Dabo going to take over for Saban at Alabama? That's where he played. That's where he's from. Uh, and he's done a nice job of like – not really addressing it and kind of like talking around it. So, so, uh, so here he goes. Here's a quote. Who knows what's going to happen down the road? I have no idea. Sweeney said, I just try to be great where my feet are. That's my focus every day. Who knows? They may do away with college football in three years. Well, yeah, we do know they're not going to do away with college football in three years. There may be no college football. Yeah, there, there is. They may want to professionalize college athletics. Well, then maybe I'll go to the pros. If I'm going to coach pro football, I might as well do that. I'm, uh, I may get a terrible president or a terrible AD one day. I don't know. I have no idea what's down the road, but I know what we have at Clemson is special, and I wanted to make a commitment to the university. That's what the message of that contract was. So I, I actually think that Dabo was just kind of talking. I don't necessarily think what he says, you know, because it's like, oh, he signed a $93 million contract, but he thinks the players shouldn't get paid. I think it maybe is a, a tad out of context, but at the same time, like – Paying the players, there's is you guys can see if you agree with me or not. Paying the players and professionalizing college football is two different things. Don't you agree? Yes. Because if every player gets paid the same the same amount, how is that professionalizing? It's not like Trevor Lawrence is going to be at five million dollars, whereas a two star kicker is going to get five hundred. I mean, 
Well, there's a slippery slope, though, because here's here's what it is. If they're talking about um, paying players for their likeness, so if you don't have like a flat rate where every college football player gets paid, and to an extent they do because they get a stipend, right? So it's not, you know, but, but I don't want to get into that. But what I'm saying is, my point is, I'm getting sidetracked. I'm sidetracking myself. <laughs> my point is, if you're getting paid for your likeness, it's a meritorious thing, Um Keep keep in mind, Lamar Jackson's at Louisville, right? And you have people all over the country wearing a Louisville number eight jersey, especially down in Florida. Okay, it doesn't have his name on the back, but that's his likeness, and that that case would win in court. So if you have players getting paid for their likeness, they're going to get more money than the other players do. And I think that is the direction they're moving in right now, rather than just saying, "All right, we're going to give every player on a team this flat rate." money as payment for what they're doing i think the way that they're going to do it is they're going to say you're allowed to claim your own likeness because the school is getting paid off of you and therefore you get you're entitled to that cut see this right. is a different yeah. conversation i don't think Dabo is saying if they can make money off their likeness i'm going to quit and go coach the browns i think he meant right, but- if they started paying everybody well so so listen the, the i get that too though i mean uh, there's nothing wrong with that so, so the likeness issue, which I'd say that we're probably all in favor of, it will create more inequality. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that that if you say, like you said, the quarterback of Alabama is going to have way more opportunities to make money than you know the court than the the safety at Oregon State or whatever. So, and that's always going to be the case, you know. But like you said, people are wearing the jerseys. They should be able to get the, the, the kids should be able to get paid for it. Should they be able to do commercials for local car dealers? I don't know. Cause that, I mean, that's where the slippery slope comes in. Cause then it's like, right. if you really want to get somebody, if you don't want to get a recruit, you know, some boosters not going to have a problem being like, Hey, I'll pay 50 grand and I'll throw this offensive tackle as an extra in a commercial or whatever. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, a good point right there. So, so, yeah, so I'll tell you what, Jeff Bezos went to Florida, didn't he? You know, right, exactly. go oh, to no. Florida and be the spokesman for Amazon.com for $13 million a year. <laughs> right. Just, just think about, yeah, just think Would about Bezos it. a football guy, capital F. No, I don't think so. I think I don't think so. Either. I think he's a yeah. just think about like like T Boone. He's a money guy, capital M though. So if he can see some value, <laughs> just think about like T Boone Pickens or Phil Knight or someone like that who's essentially an owner of a like a franchise. You know what I mean? They would have right. no problem with the endorsements and toss down. Yeah, I could see Jerry Jones throwing some money Arkansas's way. Oh yeah, yeah, know? yeah, exactly. So, so that would be the. That, but that's not for us to sort out. I I do think that the, the the headlines were just a tad misleading. I think I wouldn't be shocked if Dabo went to the NFL at some point. But I think his act is definitely way more for the college game. Uh, I I think he's got a good setup. Is it an act? Do you think it's? Do you think Dabo's an act? And this may be naive. Everybody's an act to some extent. I mean, but do you think Dabo was more genuine than most? Because I I kind of think Dabo is just this, and maybe he sold me. Maybe his act is so good that I've bought into it and I'm all in. But I feel like Dabo is just this this hokey guy, and it, he just is so genuine that it has worked for him extremely well. Yeah, I mean, I don't um, think he's Hugh Freeze. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> he's definitely not Hugh Freeze. I mean, but to, to some extent, I mean, he knows where the bread's buttered, right? He knows the areas that he recruits, and he knows Jesus this, Jesus that, plays well there, and so he does it. Right. I don't I, like I said. I, I don't think he's like a complete phony or anything like that. I'm just saying. I'm saying his approach as a coach. I don't know how well that would work in the NFL. 
Um, you know what we should do instead of doing the instead of doing the like dumb coach thing, we should actually do like smart coach tweet like football coach tweets not for football coaches. How about that? <laughs> well, we have to be careful. You're gonna, you're gonna find those. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, go ahead and do that research, Dave. It's gonna be hard to find those. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Never mind. It's, we can we can do a segment called "Football Coach Tweets" without an exclamation point, and we wouldn't be able to find it. We do have a uh, <laughs> no emoji coach tweets. We do have a new game that's that Rob has been. Hopefully, if you start working on it, yeah, I know I work on it for next week, but I forgot what it was. It was a really good idea I had. It was it was uh, the name the nicknames kids give themselves on huddle films huddle, huddle videos or restaurant names or rest yeah that's right that's because right. it was like mr whatever and you know whatever. yeah so, there were some good ones i will work on that for next week okay so moving on we've had a lot of talk this week and last week especially about the the chris Steele and the transfer saga uh kelvin joseph former friend of the podcast uh has been in the portal out of the portal his dad says he's his his dad said he was in. His dad said he was out of the portal. He tweets says, "No, I'm not." Now, this is just another example of how a we should have access to it, which I've, I've battled, I've, I've begged, borrowed, and steal to try to get somebody to give me the login information, but they keep it under lock and key. So, um, hey man, DM me after the show, man. <laughs> <laughs> Lackford's got the plug on the uh, on the login. I thought info. I had the plug, but even my guy was. Now, I, I, I thought I had the plug too, and my guy said only one person on the staff has it, and they're, they're not giving it up. So, uh, listen, I, I, I got the usurp. All right, hit me up. <laughs> we got, we got Varus. You know, I wonder if this is one of those things because I've bought some nefarious things on the deep web before. I wonder if you can't buy transfer portal access. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Rob, 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 as your attorney, I advise you to never mention <laughs> the, the dark web again. <laughs> deep web. Dark yeah, you web is a bad connotation. You could buy people's credit cards. Deep numbers. dark. Just don't put anything with a D in front of the way. Right, fair enough. You, you can buy credit card numbers and all type of stuff. I'm sure you could find it on there somewhere. But anyway. What are, what are you doing? Shh. I, I don't <laughs> I, I don't do it. Moving along, moving along. My deep web crimes are victimless. All right. So my question is, do you guys think when we – Still with cocaine possession. <laughs> but, I mean we, – We saw like a Twitter beef that, that Rob and I discussed off the air between like a seven-on-seven seven coach from Texas and a seven-on-seven seven hater from Florida and a seven-on-seven seven coach from Florida. Basically, Ooh, I know the guy. I know the guy. I know the guy. Can I say the name? No, no. Let's, stop interrupting me so I can introduce the topic. <laughs> Sorry. All right. My so my question is, the, the, the coach said, we're, we're all watching how Florida's handling this. Okay. And that started the argument. Do you think people are watching? Do you think recruits are watching how schools are handling these transfers? And do you think these five stars transferring out so quickly will have any type of spillover effect on recruiting going forward? So Dave, let's hear it. What do you think? If it's a if it's a high level guy like Chris Steele, I think that does reverberate throughout the industry. Yes, but if it's like some kid who's basically been processed, then no. Well, here, the high level guys, the high level guys, yes. Here's where I think it. Here's where I think it hurts. Uh, Chris Steele's from Florida, or from California. He goes all the way to Florida. He doesn't like it. He he feels like he was mistreated, whether he was or not. Whatever uh, you know, there's all types of details involved. He's got a legit beef, right? So 
the problem is Florida should not be recruiting California anyway. I mean, right? <laughs> no, they've got no business. It's you, drive, complete, you, drive, you drive past six Chris Steels to get to that one Chris Steele. Right. It's a complete yeah. waste of time. I, I don't – okay, you get Chris Steele, great. How many other players did they offer out there? Elijah Blades and guys like that. You are wasting your time. Like these schools in Florida, go look at Alabama's roster. Look at Clemson's roster. They're loaded with guys from Florida, Florida, Florida State, Miami. What are you doing? Like, what are, what are, what are we doing? I don't just, I have no idea. Just recruit the. You have the most draft picks every year from your state. Just recruit those guys. Do good evaluations, and, and recruit good players. It's <laughs> well. Well, hey Rob, you can answer this because you cover Florida. What about this new trend where I see a lot of the recruits saying, you know, I'm trying to get out of Florida. I'm trying to get out of my milieu. Well, the only reason they're trying to get out of problem. Florida is because the teams are not good. <laughs> exactly. I understand a lot of these guys grow up in bad areas down here in Florida, but the University of Miami is in Coral Gables. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's not a Liberty City. You know, you're still kind of getting out of your situation uh, if you come live in Coral Gables. Okay. So, so here's my here's my point. Let's look at the draft. I got my draft spreadsheet pulled up. Nick Bosa, Ohio State. Okay, Devin Bush, Michigan. Uh, you can argue. I think Devin Bush, if he had his way, he would have gone to school in Florida. Dave thinks otherwise. Being Rob, I think I, if he would have had his way, he may have gone to Miami. But Miami was not interested. Right. Okay. Well, he had he had a committable offer to Florida yes. State, and he chose Michigan. Yeah, yeah, and he was and he was he was a legacy at Florida State. So I'm just saying. I, I think he wanted that, to go to Miami. Okay, moving on. Okay. Marquise Brown went to JUCO, had to go the hard way, whatever. DeAndre Baker. I mean, it was a three-star from Miami. He would have – I promise you he would have gone to Miami if they really wanted him. Okay. I, I wasn't here when that was happening. So Brian Burns was the third one. So out of the top five guys that got drafted in the first round from Florida last year, one of them went to school in Florida. That's insane, okay? It, it, it deteriorates from there. Juwan Taylor. Went in the second round. Okay. He went to Florida. Great evaluation. They got him into shape, et cetera. Trevon Mullen went to Clemson. I I mean, he surprised everybody when he went to Clemson, but he there's no reason he shouldn't have been stayed home at Miami, right? Yeah, but I mean he had the offers from everybody. He just decided against them. Right. Okay. Tristan Hill. He was from the panhandle. Okay. So he's within probably an hour's drive of Florida State's campus. He Nobody wanted him. He signed with Virginia. He couldn't get into school. He went to UCF. And he goes in the second round. So I mean that. So so now we're into from the all the guys drafted in the first two rounds. Two of them stayed at Florida schools, and really the only ones that that that, that was Brian Burns and uh, Jawan Taylor. And like, okay, Nick Bosa, you can you can justify him leaving, especially following his brother, and he he's not like a necessarily a Florida guy. The rest yeah, of them, he's a central Florida guy, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. The, the rest of them, the rest of them, I, I don't, I can't make a ton of excuses. You know, Jamel Dean, uh, you know, Yandy Kajust, like went to West Virginia. Like a lot of these guys, Riley Ridley, Riley Ridley. I don't think any of those schools in Florida wanted him. No, they didn't. I know he was, they I remember having a conversation with a staff member at Miami who told me late in the process that he was not a high priority for them. Right. Dex, you know, even you go down the list, Dexter Williams, Dexter Williams was a guy that Miami liked early and they all kind of cooled on him. And then he goes away. It's like, well, what about, what about this? What about Florida state during their heyday? They were recruiting the DMV heavy, 
right? They got a lot of kids from the DMV. Jameis Winston was from Alabama. Like even Florida State was going out of Florida to get guys. That would be worth it'd be worth some research to figure out. Why no, I'm not saying be- never go out of state to get guys. I'm saying don't go to California to get three guys. <laughs> yeah, but I mean the DMV is is. I mean I get it. I, I understand that California. Okay, is but worth the, the, the D- it's a hotbed. Like, though, I, so I, I, I don't, don't want to out anybody here, so I'm going to try to do this without without outing anyone. I was on that school tour. And this is a much smaller level, obviously, that I was on. Wait, I was talking about recently? Recently, recently? Like last week. How many miles did you load? I don't know. A lot. <laughs> anyway, I was standing in Ocala. Or, okay, I just doubted somebody. So I was standing in the middle of the state. And next to a coaching staff, <laughs> uh, looking at a player that was committed to one of the in-state schools. That coaching staff was not there. And we're looking at him. We're trying to figure out why they were taking him. And the, the coach from the school that I was standing next to turns to me and goes, do you know how many of those guys that they had to drive past to come find this one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they get a point. And it's probably like 30. Like they, and that's just inside the state. They probably passed 30 guys that were every bit as good and big as the dude that they were recruiting at that school uh, just to get there. They probably drove right by 30 of them. Right. And that's the DeAndre Baker type situation where it's like, dude, okay, you know, he's a six foot corner. He's in your backyard. I mean, I know we, now we we associate Georgia with kind of getting who they want. At that time, Georgia was not if, – if it was Miami versus Georgia, Miami could win for a kid in Miami from Booker T or from uh, – uh, Northwestern or – Northwestern, Central. wherever he was from. I was trying to remember the name of the school. Yeah, so it's like I think that these – I think that these transfers are teaching a lot of schools lessons about, you know – the type of guys a you want to recruit, you know, go in the PJ Fleck route, and b the risks you take because, you, like you said, Dave, okay, Florida State was doing great with DMV guys until they weren't. They got a lot of DMV guys on the roster right now who are not playing and haven't lived up to their rankings. So on on the steel topic, one more thing I kind of wanted to point out from said school tour. I was sitting in an office with a whole bunch of college coaches who were recruiting a player, and. These are the people that are going to be recruiting against Florida, and they're all asking me what happened with Chris Steele. So it's not like they know or they're trying to use it. They didn't even know the story that was widely publicized. So it's not like they're all using it against Florida because the ones that I was sitting next to had no idea what even really happened, and I had to like show them the news stories. I'm like, oh, here's here's kind of what people think happened. But yeah. these coaches don't really read the news very much. No, they have no idea. what <laughs> You're talking about – I wish I could – I might do like a GoPro. I might do a thing where I hide my GoPro on my backpack, like I've been known to do, and 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 go to one of these games and show people. Coaches come up to you that travel literally hundreds and and or thousands of miles. Ask you what schools to go to. <laughs> no, and they they a will ask you where should they go the day before they get here, which just happened to me like a week ago, or b. I will be standing on the sideline with the list that I made, and they go, "Oh, hey, hey, Woody, can I look at that?" And it's like, Coach, you have an entire you here, (laughs) you have an entire recruiting department. You decided to fly down here to come to this game between these two teams. You don't, you didn't bother to print out rosters or even know who's in the game. Like, what? Why even leave your house? Like, what are you doing? Like, let me take this opportunity to throw a big shout out to Troy University, who had a coach at a school that I stopped at, who was one of the most prepared 
knowledgeable coaches about what he was looking at that I'd ever run into in my life. Uh, he's a young guy too. So I, maybe he'll be a, a great coach someday. Right, I was exactly. I but that's the exception to the rule is when one of these guys knows what they're looking at, doesn't have to ask you a million questions, can so, talk to you about the people. Yeah, you know what, Rob, that's the thing. Like, do these coaches even know what they're looking at? I had, I got into an argument with a coach the other day when he said, I'm trying to find some times. So I go to mile split. Right. And I spent him the 55 and the 60 times. And he has like these blazing elite 55 and 60 times. He goes, "Uh, I don't know about this kid. His his hundred isn't as fast as I like. (laughs) What are you talking about? <laughs> what is the kid going to run 100 yards? It's 55 and a 60. Of them, a lot of them are mailing it in. Some of them are not. But you see a lot of these coaches on the sideline of games just like not even watching the game. Well, no, they, they just come and they hang out with each other and, and talk. Just like, I mean, obviously, I'm not saying they should be robots, but I can tell you I one time I, ha- I had some things pop up on my like Facebook recently, like, you know, four or five years ago today, you were here and I was at. Um, they were from Tucker High School here in, in the Atlanta area. It's actually not far from my house. That's where Bill Trochi lives. Big shout to Bill. Um, and Kirby Smart was there when he was the defensive coordinator of Alabama. Okay. So you're talking about like this guy's going to become a head coach and he's the DC. He's not a position coach. And we're at a scrimmage, an intra-squad scrimmage. This was not a spring game. And Kirby Smart had a camcorder and filmed every single play of the entire scrimmage. See, there, there so, are some that that are really engaged. Right. So, so think about that. So, think about Kirby Smart. Okay, he's probably making six hundred, seven hundred grand a year. You know what I mean? Like, he could probably get the film from the coach after the practice, like, and have the recruiting department cut it up. This dude has got like a handy cam in his pocket, and as far as I know, I think he makes a lot of his coaches do that now because. He does. There was one doing it at Gulliver Prep. I was over there watching the tight end over there, Diego LaMonica, and they had their tight end coach over there with a handy cam. Right. They practice. Because, because, because why not? If you're investing the money and the time to go scout a kid in person, you need to get the most out of it. Now, it, like I said, I'm not saying dudes should be robots. I'm not saying they can't BS and have a good time. I'm just saying like, dude, it's, it's two hours. It's an hour and a half. Lock in, film the practice, you know, or, you know, pay attention, come, come prepared. So, all of that has to do with, you know, evaluations. And a lot, and a lot of these times, you know, we get like, like some of these schools that have fallen on hard times, whether it's Florida state or Tennessee or whatever, like we take a lot of flack. You guys overrank these players, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know, if, if that little prep is going into evaluating the prospects, you know, what's going into like player development and stuff like that. So. I'll tell you, I'll tell you one thing though. I, I, I was talking to an analyst one day who just hit me up out of the blue um, about three years ago. And he said, um, you got this kid ranked too high. This kid's ranked too high. And I'm like, dude, you, you're at a, he was at a G5 school. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's got offers from blah, 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 blah. And then he sent me a low light film of a kid. And I was like, wow, they put together a low light film of a kid. And that was next level analyst right there. That, that guy's actually a coordinator now. So some of these coaches do actually – put in mass amounts of time to scout these kids and maybe they're not at the game, but they're no, like, for sure. they're, they, they've got databases where they're putting in. The there work. are some where there's good, there's good and bad. Like I said, shout to the staff at Troy who probably knew more about those kids than I did for the first time ever. But there, and, and like you said, Kirby, I mean, I'd say the good majority of them are actually doing something, but it, you'd be shocked how often we run into people on the road that are like, what high school should I go to next? I'm like, you're 2000 yeah, miles away like, from home. You think about what, what high schools you want to go to. Wow. Yeah, hey bro, you're, you're making 500 grand. Like, 
<laughs> you know, like hey, you want to Venmo me some money if you want to look at my sheet. You know, like what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got cash out, bro. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, so enough of that. I do think, I do think these they like that. I think that's gonna be the biggest impact of the transfer portal is looking at these guys like this across the country and stuff. I think it's gonna scare some teams off. It's team, you know, a team like Oregon can't they can't be scared off because they got to take risks. They don't have players. Florida, you've got the players. You just got to do the evaluations. You just have to have – and that doesn't mean taking all five stars. That means taking guys like Juwan Taylor or Ja'Kai Polite that were three stars that end up developing into NFL draft picks. So, um, all right, moving on. Uh, it's time for Tweet of the Week. Now, I have a few. I had one that I read earlier that we can't uh, – we couldn't discuss. Um, and, but I wish we could. Uh, yeah, it was very funny. We got a good laugh out of it. Um, what's the guy's Twitter handle? We can just give his handle to follow. Uh, I lost it. Uh, You're the one to introduce it yeah, to us, right. bro. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I got it. I think I just followed him. It is I'm sad. LOL. Uh, this is uh, which is the great handle by the right, way. Exactly. Not not exactly. It's almost like it's almost like uh, Kanye West. I hate being bipolar. It's awesome. <laughs> um. All right. So. Uh, tweet of the week comes from Braden Fajoko, uh, speaking of the old transfer portal. Hey, I remember him. I covered him when he was, uh, he was out of Utah, correct? Uh, you might be thinking of the old, of his, of Simi, the receiver. No. He's like a real muscled up Samoan, right? That went to Texas Tech. Yeah, yeah, that is he's him. He's from California. That's right. Okay. okay. He's from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So he went to Texas Tech, transferred to LSU. He's at LSU now. He said... There's been a lot of talk about NCAA football coming back. I was I meant to talk about it a little bit. We kind of talked about it with the likeness issue. He said, when NCAA come back, don't be complaining when your player got that 68 rating. <laughs> and he put the laughing emojis. So uh, I and it made me think like it's gonna open a whole new door to players complaining about being slept on and disrespected. Good. Thank God they'll leave us alone. Right. Because, but what'll be the reason that the freshmen are slept on? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, so Mike Mike Farrell, our boss here, or semi-boss, a national recruiting director, told us that I think it was like 05 or 06 that EA Sports did approach rivals, you know, when they introduced the recruiting aspect to the game about like having the, the rival. I think it ended up being ESPN. Uh, that yeah, we all, turned it down for some reason, right? Yeah, I think so. Which, you know, I was, oh. that's, that's what I was in the midst of playing the game at the time. And I didn't really know much of a difference, but the recruiting mode was fun as it turned out. Uh, that would turn out to be a career for us. It's the best aspect of the game. I mean, I'd, I'd simulate the games just so I get guys. Oh, no way. I started doing this because of EA Sports died, and I couldn't like follow recruiting on that anymore. So I was just doing it in real life. Yeah, it was. Fun. I was like, I'm gonna pay. It was fun. You had a certain amount of points you could use for like coach visit, official visit, like uh, send them some. Send them. I really thing. wish there was like a button to drop the bag. You know, I know they don't want that, and then <laughs> but shouldn't there be like? I feel like there was one year where you could get busted for recruiting violations. Now there wasn't like a drop the bag button. 
Yeah. No, it wasn't that. It was if you broke promises, that's right. Yeah. It would it would carry over to the next year, and then your reputation would go down as a recruiter. I did. I did like that because it was like you had to promise you wouldn't redshirt a guy. Or you yeah. Promise you promise guy. can't redshirt. You'll make. You'll be all American as a freshman. Freshman all American. Promise they'll start. You had to do that. And if you broke the promise to that guy, then you would not have as many points the next Press year. Press X to pay the shady trainer a hundred thousand dollars to drive a kid to your camp. <laughs> 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 put put fifty dollars in an envelope for the gas. Without <laughs> yeah. an official visit. Yeah. No, but listen, press listen. press so, circle to illegally scout the seven on seven tournament in your area. <laughs> I've honestly asked, like back in like two thousand and fifteen or fourteen, like right when the game ended, I've actually asked kids. I'm like, yo, you play EA Sports College football? They're like, yeah. I'm like, you do the recruiting mode? They're like, yeah. I'm like, all right. So I'm going to I'm gonna just ask you these questions based upon the EA Sports joint. It'd be like Coach Prestige program, and I'd have them rate them all, <laughs> which I thought was cool. But now the kids don't really play that game, so they wouldn't know well, that. They're all clamoring for it. The issue I had, and I talked with Rob about it, uh, the problem is that the game, the college football game and Madden were made by two different engineering and design teams. If you remember, the look was different. There were a lot of different features and NCA was always better than Madden. My concern would be if they bring the game back, they're just going to make it like a college football copy of Madden, which is Madden is almost unplayable in terms of like glitches. And, and I, mean, I haven't played a Madden game since college. Probably. Well, I'll, really? Yeah, I'm on like a 10 game winning streak right now, bro. I'm hot. But, but wouldn't you agree, Dave, that, the the college game always had better gameplay and like things like that. Um, it was more loose. It, it's the Madden game is like super tight, right. but the college football game was more loose. You could take control of your receiver and like the speed burst and stuff like that yep. was a lot different than in Madden. There was a lot more fun. So so I actually was at where was I? I I was at like a. It might have been like an all-star game party or NBA summer league or something in like oh nine. And I got and I got introduced to like a someone who worked for Tiburon or like EA Sports or something. And I mean, I just I, this poor person just got stuck with me, like giving telling them everything that was wrong with the game, <laughs> like what needed to be fixed. For uh, <laughs> I could just tell the dude was miserable. I was like, I think it was NBA Live that I was complaining about. I was like, I was like, how did Steve Blake scored sixty seven points against me? I was like, NBA Live sucks. It used to be the best game. Now two K is taken over. And guess what? Who was right about that one? You were. You were, Woody. But NBA Live was dope because um, back in the, when it was on Sega Genesis, they had specialized dunks for each player. Like Patrick Ewing had this like corny dunk. Tom Chambers, Tom Chambers had the best dunk. He had the dunk where he would just rise up over you from like the uh, free throw line and just yam on you with two yeah, hands. Was, you could yeah. not stop Tom Chambers. He was unstoppable, he bro. Would, Phoenix Suns. We had Eric Snow's kid at the LA camp. <laughs> uh, he was coming through registration. And I met him and I was like, man, I was nice with your dad in NBA Live 94. He goes, Great. <laughs> Great. Hey, Eric Snow, man, lockdown point guard, lockdown defensive point guard for the Philadelphia 76ers. Shout out to him, Michigan State alum. Boy, this kid, like this kid might be coming to the five star. You might get to see him, Dave. I saw. I saw. Oh, I would love to see. Yeah, remember he fell asleep during the telecast? He was he was a he was a broadcaster for the Sixers and he fell asleep. That's right, God. <laughs> He's a legend of Philadelphia. Eric Snow is a Philly legend. Yeah, his kid is like a four star. Yeah, 
I saw a picture of him recently on Twitter. He was looking a lot more like me than a like, professional. No, it's athlete. like he's more like Eric Snowman these days. Yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of which, Dave, uh, how do you feel about about me having a personal relationship with Philadelphia legend Mike Scott? Yes, the human emoji. I'll be sending you a picture of me when he gets back to the gym. Uh, I think he's on vacation right now, but you know, me, me my, Mike went from being out of the league working out with me at the gym to to being a, a real like, people getting tattoos and whatnot of him in Philadelphia, right? Listen, listen, Mike. Mike needs to start working out with you and start working out with Ben in the gym and teach him how to shoot. I'll tell you. Let me tell you who needs to come work out with us, and I'm going to tell this to Mike, our boy Joel Embiid. He needs to come down to shut up and train and get that work and get, and get a little Uncle bit Beasley, of Beasley, one of my personal favorites, works out there as well. That's right. Beasley. You know who was in the gym yesterday that I actually – this is we're getting way off topic – was Anthony Edwards. So I think we have like number two or three in the basketball rankings in the class of 2019. And uh, he was a receiver early in his high school career. So I was talking to him yesterday because I, I was telling him, you know, he could always come back and play football. And in terms of like – how this kid is built. I mean, he's going to be bullying people in college. There's no way if we can get, if we can get some odds on like Anthony Edwards to be an all American at Georgia, I would, uh, I would highly take that in Georgia. Finished. Yeah. This yeah. dude is. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody be, everybody be on the lookout next week for Woody's new podcast training with the <laughs> training stars. with the stars. Oh boy. It was, it was a who's who last week. I'm not going to drop any more names, but, uh, the other day at the gym, I was, I was, uh, I was on cloud nine talking to all these, uh, C-list celebrities. Uh, my, well, my coffee shop brethren, Jawan Howard, got hired as the head coach at Michigan this week. Yeah, so boy. I'm going to miss, miss seeing him around the old coffee shop. So, so, You're going to miss awkwardly eye hustling him. Alonzo comes in that same coffee shop. So, so. so, Rob, you never talk to these guys? You never even make like a – no, what am I going to do? I'm going to get up from my laptop and say, hi, you're Jawan Howard. No, you, you know, and Rob, Rob's like socially awkward too, so I can't imagine that going well. <laughs> you know my approach. I'd make some type of joke. I mean, one time, uh, since we're doing name drop stories, I used to cover the NFL like early in my career, and it was when uh, Joe Theismann – How far are you falling? <laughs> it was when Joe Theismann was on Monday Night Football, and uh, I was in line you know, at the, at the media meal – and uh, our boy Joe Theismann gets in line right behind me. And I've always got, you know me, I've always got complaints about the food and what. <laughs> so so I make a few jokes to our boy Joe about something about the food. And then I made the mistake. I was like, I think it was like the the Giants were playing the Jags and it was like Eli Manning. And I and I made I made like one comment. I was like, oh, so who, so who you got tonight, Joe? And he starts talking and then like we're at the end of the food line and I go to my table to sit down and he just follows me right over and just oh. continues to break down the game for like, it's like I was on the pregame show. He talked to me. Like, that's awesome, bro. <laughs> that's, so, that's so awesome. See, this is why you never speak to football people. In <laughs> he was like, or why you do. I, I, this also happened once with uh, another situation happened. I was at covering golf uh, it was like Greg Norman's tournament down in Naples. And I was sitting there. G- golf tournaments have the absolute best media meals. I mean, because they're usually like country clubs. We're talking catering. We're talking food, desserts, everything, right? So I'm just sitting there pigging out. What are the demographics like over there, you know? Right. Well, let's, you'll get it when I get to the end of the story. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting there scarfing my food down. I'm sitting at a table by myself. And some dude comes over and he's like, hey, do you mind if I – is anybody sitting here? And I go, no. 
because like, I didn't even look up for my food. And the dude stands there and I look up because he's like, I was like, why didn't you sit down yet? And I look up and it's Jeb Bush, who, who at the time was the governor of Florida. <laughs> I told you, Please clap. I ran into our boy Jeb like two days after he lost to Trump in the primary. And he just kind of – walking down the sidewalk here in Miami, I just crossed paths with him. And I look at him and kind of give him a head tilt and he just shakes his head. And that was it. That was the whole interaction. <laughs> I mean he, he was despondent. So so I go so, – so he sees me, recognize him, and then he's like, hey, Jeb Bush, how you doing? And I'm like – and then of course I go, hey, Jeb, nice to meet you. You're going to sit down you're going to stand there all day? <laughs> like <laughs> – he he laughs and he sits down and he's like, what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a sports writer. And then of course he starts hitting me with the sports writing questions. We had a nice little meal. And then a bunch of his like aides or whatever came down and like, you know, we're like, Hey, stop talking to this fat loser. Who's pigging out on his fourth brownie from photograph <laughs> this man. Right. Exactly. We don't, yeah, we don't want yeah, with brownie all over your face. <laughs> you know, I was a lot. See, I was actually probably weighed a little bit less, but I was a lot sloppier uh, at that time in terms the of. The two coolest celebrity actions I ever had were that one with Bush. And then one time in an airport, I walked by the big show. And without saying a word to each other, we just high-fived and kept walking. Kept wow. walking. I just high-fived him. Can, can we can we backtrack to Woody saying he wasn't as big but a lot sloppier? Like, did you like define your fast now? Like, I mean, what's going there's, on? It, there's a difference here. I mean, you. I don't understand what he I just said. I don't I want to drop names there, but you can be fat and put together. Right. So I was definitely I was poorer. A, B. So so I didn't have a B. I was a much worse dresser. So like you know, I probably thought I was dressed nice for the golf tournament, but I was probably wearing just like a like a polo shirt that was one size too small and some pleated khakis or something you know what i mean like (laughs) like there's a huge difference between like okay put now putting on like a blazer and a tie or something like that so not to mention i i think i I lost a lot of weight after that and i gained a lot of it back but at the same time when you gain it back it doesn't and you're still working out it doesn't come on the same way you know what i mean like uh i feel like i've never seen you in anything other than like um, rain gear. <laughs> right, well, check, check, check my Instagram. Yeah, I had pulled off a nice fit at that wedding a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, you were sharp. I'll give you props yeah, so go to, at K and G. Speaking of which, you want to have celebrity encounters in Atlanta? You go to K and G, and and uh, you can run into all types of people. So uh, anyway, check out my Instagram at Rivals Woody. Good plug, Dave. All right, so you got that was a nice that was a nice name drop hour and uh, funny funny stories, rants, and recommendations. We did not get a word for Dave to pronounce this week either, um, but uh, that's okay. If you got one, send it in. Oh, we- I, my mother, I my, my mother, on the other hand, invited me to go to Las Vegas with them, and I am going with them. And uh, there is, uh, she was talking about the casino Harrah's and called it Harris's. <laughs> oh no! No, I got I got the ultimate mispronunciation thing. All right, so so my ex mother in law, who I love dearly. Um, down in South Carolina, she was explaining to me how um, my one of my sons would not do what he was supposed to do, and and so you know she you know you go to grandma's house you get a lot of cool stuff right but you you know you got to carry your weight you got to clean your room and so he wouldn't clean his room and so she said if he wouldn't clean his room that she was going to stop taking him out to the ice cream truck but she wanted to say I gave him an ultimatum but she said you know that boy keep his room messy 
So, so I told him, I gave him a tomato. I said, here's a tomato. If you don't clean your room, you ain't getting no more. I thought you were gonna say, I thought you were gonna say alternator, but that was even no. She said, she said straight up, I gave him a tomato. <laughs> All right, back to football topics. We really no, no, we're, we're going into rants recommendations. What, Dave? You said you had one. Um, I, I don't have really like a rant or a recommendation. I just. We we kind of get we we kind of get away from our like campy style here. Like, how can I get them stars and sir and all that stuff? And 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 recently with this 2020 class here in Kentucky, I've been getting a lot of how do I get them stars, yeah. right? And and we we ran on that stuff, you know. And and Woody, I shared this tweet with you, and I'm I'm gonna I'm not tweet, but like this this quote with you, and I'm gonna pull it up, you know. And uh, it's from it's from our guy it's from our guy Walker Parks, okay. And so I've got a lot of kids when they when they don't rise in the rankings or they don't have what they think that they deserve, they they you know they they get on us you know. But you've you've said this on the podcast, you know, Walker Parks, he's a three star because of you, blah blah blah. And you know what? It, you're right because I did. We went there, we watched him in Nashville. He wasn't very successful, and we we rated him a three star. He was kind of skinny. We said maybe he's going to end up a block and tight end. Then he goes out and camps at Clemson, gets offered he commits and and we're like okay well what's going on there but we didn't change the ranking just because he committed to clemson um we changed his ranking because he dominated at camps so i asked him on my radio show i'm going to plug my radio show 96.1 to big x i'll post that on twitter rivals days you'll see the podcast anyway so i asked him on the show i said i said dude I gave you a three-star ranking and you never once hit me up talking about how do I get them stars or, or, or you know, you sleeping on me, coach, N- none of that stuff. And I said, why didn't you ever complain? And he said, honestly, when y'all gave me a three-star ranking last year, I thought that you were being very gracious and provided more than you should have. But I mean, complaining about something like that, you got to go to the camp. You got to do it for yourself. The rankings don't lie. They're not going to mess with something like that. Complaining about it on Twitter saying I should be this or I should be that you know, forget that. Go to the camp and do it yourself. The film doesn't lie. So complaining about it is only going to piss people off that you need to have good relationships with. So what's the point? How my dad raised me, you don't complain about stuff. You just go out and you get it. And then I sent that to Woody and Woody said, a true hero. Like how refreshing is that? Like a lot of times we complain and we say, oh man, you know, this job has all these negative things going on. But how refreshing is it to hear a kid like Walker Park's who was ranked too low, um, but maybe not at the time. And then he goes out there, he does what he has to do, and then he's going to get a bump because of his play. It was no politicking. It was none of that. It was no politics at all. It was just the kid shut his mouth and went out there and got the job done. Well, there you go. Boy, what a what – a, what a, <laughs> Walker has been stock up in terms of – he's moving up in the rankings, A. Eh? But boy, was he! He was so excited to get invited to the five star challenge. He definitely seems like a like a good kid to deal with in terms of uh, from our perspective. So, I, and speaking of the five star, before we go in, I'm here chatting with our boy Dono Harris uh, on Twitter right now about some things, trying to get some guys invited. And not only has he made the picture of him wearing a ski mask to his spring game in 90 degree weather, his profile picture, he has, he has <laughs> promised me to wear it to the five star challenge. Yes, <laughs> yes. You know what we should do? We should. Talk- that kind of trumps Walker's Iron Maiden. I mean, like Iron, this it's a great scheme, man. We we should talk about. Uh, we should check the Adidas site and see how many types of ski masks they have available. 
Uh, yeah, we'll bring him, bring him an Adidas ski mask. For anybody that hasn't seen this, maybe we should tweet out the picture on the Commitment Issues account. Uh, yeah, we can do that. Uh, I sent it to Dave just earlier today. The problem is the picture actually wasn't of him. He's kind of just in the background, which is which is no. But he's got a real good clean crop of it at his profile picture on Twitter right now. Yeah, he cropped okay. that joint. Yeah, no doubt. Elite, elite crop game. All right. So, all right. Maybe he get. Maybe he could produce the podcast. <laughs> he's, <got some> he's <laughs> pretty good. He's wearing. It is ninety degrees outside in Miami right now. He is wearing full pads, his jersey, football pants, and a wool ski mask. <laughs> Walking into the stadium. <laughs> one of the one of the weirdest things that happened when I got this job was going to like my first few seven on seven tournaments in Florida and seeing guys wearing like a hoodies when it's 90 degrees out or be like, like beanies or whatever. And it's like, guys, it's 95 degrees outside. Why are you wearing a beanie on your head? And they, it's crazy. This is the same team. That last year I went to a Halloween game at their school and they all took the field in Jason Voorhees masks. <laughs> yo, they don't, yo, it's different down there, man. I, th- I feel like your blood thins out so much that you're not bothered by heat it's amazing to me because i am from the caucus mountains apparently and i I, if it's 60 degrees outside i got my air conditioner full blast you know but when i was in the marine corps i had a bunch of kids from miami i had a dude named mayorga he was from miami and we were sitting outside it was 60 degrees and i look over at this dude and his teeth are chattering uncontrollably and his face is blue and i'm like it's 60 degrees (laughs) i've been here five years it hasn't happened to me yet well, Rob, you have gotten considerably softer when it gets when it gets below sixty. You are complaining. Yeah, but I'm not freezing. You know, uh, I'm not teeth chattering. You are you are nowhere near as uh, as tough when it comes to cold as you used to be. Were you at the Chicago camp last year, Rob? I don't go to that city. Rob, you, Rob <laughs> has been freezing at plenty of camps over the years. I was cold in Atlanta. Yeah, just this year he was cold. Yeah, see, there we go. But it was chasing crazy rain. Yeah, it it rained. It 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 rained and it got down to about forty-eight, and it was a little windy. So yeah, it was definitely cold. But you live down here, and it just happens. You get you definitely run uh, a lot more uh, warm. So I I don't necessarily have any rants or recommendations. You know, hey, what is that show? Lackford, I know you watched it. I've been watching it on uh, Netflix with uh, Christina Applegate and uh, Linda. Car- Linda Cardellini. Married with children? No, bro. Hey, I saw you watch it. It's called like Dead to Me or something like that. You you tweeted oh, a picture or video of you watching the show. You don't remember watching the show. You I, I do, I do. I know I know <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. It's called Dead to Me. I just I've I've been like binging so okay, much. Okay, but did you watch the whole show? I don't know if I okay, finished so, it. So I have, Give me a I have a drop off so you guys can do Game of Thrones. No, 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 wait, wait. You, you want to be in on this show, Rob, before real quick. All right, uh, all right, all right. Dead to Me uh, was the most watched show in the UK last week or like last month. So that tells you. So um, anyway, it stars Christina Applegate. She plays a woman whose husband got uh, killed in a hit and run. And uh, she joins like a grief counseling group and uh, she meets uh, 
Linda Cardellini. There's all types of, it's almost like a murder. It's like a comedy, but there's a lot of, it's guys is a dark comedy. There's all sorts of twists and turns. Rob, I promise you, you would like it. I think uh, some other people close to you would also like it. So I would highly recommend watching it. I think I'm like five or six episodes in. Dave, did you watch the whole thing or no? Yeah, I I know how it ends and I'm not going to give you the spoiler, but yes, it is very much uh, worth your time to watch. Um, it is dark comedy. It's 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 kind of dry humor. You have to have an offbeat sense of humor to appreciate it. Um, I really it's a very good show. Uh, I actually that. think it is. I think I saw that Will Ferrell's like a producer, but it's not like a Will Ferrell show. It's definitely like no, it's not. It's 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 quasi serious, but at the same time, it's 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 very complex. It's got a lot of layers to the relationship. It's it's complicated, as the as Christina Ag, uh, Christina Applegate's friend says when she describes her relationship. Um, it's very like stalkery, weird, but and it's very calculating. It's it's good. It's good. It's a really good show. Another good show on Netflix to watch is The Society, which is kind of like a. Lord of the Flies kind of thing. Um, if you haven't checked it out, it's a, it's a teenage movie, but all the parents somehow disappear and all these teenagers are left in this little like uh, exurb of Connecticut. They're all like rich, spoiled kids. And, and you see that you see like society break down and they try to create a new society. So it's called The Society. That's on Check Netflix too. That sounds yes, good. Sir. I'm way behind on shows, but anyway. All right, Rob, thanks for joining us. Let's talk. We, we, I Appreciate really just- you guys. Appreciate you guys having me in. Thanks for having me on the show, okay. guys. All right. Thanks a lot, Rob. <laughs> Anytime, Rob. Come back next week, Rob. All right. So uh, I really want to hear – just want to hear you talk about – How happy is Rob that we let yeah, him go? Yeah, I know, right? Well, we got <laughs> – we, we have like – we got on – we had to be on a conference call starting this morning at 8. So we've been going pretty full bore now. We still got a much more work to do. So um, let's hear – I really just want to have Lackford talk Game of Thrones. So so give us just your overall take on – so so first of all, spoiler alert – if you haven't finished Game of Thrones, you're a loser. It's yeah, a so we don't want to hear it anyway. So, so let's let's hear your uh, rundown. What did you think of the ending? Well, the whole season, right? People were complaining about it. Oh, everybody wants to get hoity-toity about you know the the writing and this that and the third. It's like we've had enough buildup. I feel like all the arcs were completed. You knew where 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 everything was going, and they did a good enough job with just the action part of it. I mean, there's like dudes jumping off buildings on fire, and they like happened fifty times. You got like a dragon burning people to ashes. You got Aaron Rodgers getting eviscerated. I, I was like, cool, let's go. Let's John Wick this last season. <laughs> let's roll through it. You know what I mean? So I was cool with it. But I wish we had the audio of Aaron Rodgers' rant because Aaron Rodgers, who was eviscerated in like episode. It was just, yeah, it was just, no, it was just a lot. Yeah, the last one, the second to last one. Yeah, like he just he he looks super unathletic. By the way, I feel like he I feel like he needed to train a little bit more. He could have got out into that little corridor and avoided being burnt to death. But um, he says that Bran, being the the unforeseen guy, is totally false because Bran sees everything. So it's like I don't want to be this. I don't want to be the king. I don't want to have the throne. But then at the same time, like two seconds later, he goes, why do you think I came all the way down here? So that was a major plot hole for me because Bran knew everything was going on. He he talks about how Bran told John 
um, that he was the rightful heir to the throne, and he knew John would relay that to Danny, and then that would that would throw everything off kilter and create a power struggle, an internal power struggle, and then he basically set it all up. You know, he 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 pulled a fresh. You know, if you ever seen that movie Fresh, you need to see Fresh. It's on Netflix. But I felt Aaron Rodgers. I was like, you know what? It was kind of. It, it was kind of like just all right. Let's hurry up and end this and, and get on to uh, doing a new Star Wars well, stuff so, for Disney. Uh, okay, I definitely didn't like love the last episode. Just be like, I I thought a lot of that stuff was lame. Like you know the the jokes and stuff like that. That's that's not in my wheelhouse. I, I honestly would have been fine if it ended right when uh, our boy John stabbed Daenerys. Like I I honestly could that could have been like fade to black and it would have been like, damn, we'd all be talking about it, you know? I think they definitely try to make everybody happy. Uh but but here's my issue. If we're if we're, if we're talking strictly in the show, just j- Brand did do those things. Who's to say that Brand's not evil? You know what I mean? <laughs> like that, right, that's yeah, something yeah, that I don't yeah. think hasn't been discussed enough. Is that like, oh, well, he said he didn't want it, and then he said he did. Well, yeah. What if he he knew what was going to happen and he manipulated every single person and caused millions of people to yeah. die? Yeah, he totally forty eight laws of power that thing, and it was the same thing with uh, Danny. You know, like you knew that chick was crazy from the jump. You know, I mean, she she watched her brother die. And she was like, yeah, I'm cool with that. She walks in a fire, comes out with the eggs. Like, you knew that chick was wild. Yeah, she she had know? no problem crucifying um, people and burning people alive because she she yeah, she justified yeah, yeah. it every step of the way in her own mind. But the the bottom line is, it, especially rewatching it, there's so many times where her advisors are like, you know, Khaleesi, you don't have to do this, and she's like, I I answered justice injustice with justice. You know what I mean? Like, so hey. so. You know, she snapped at the end, which is whatever. But all these nerds who were like, it wasn't earned. Oh, they should have done that. Yeah. Her arc wasn't earned. I saw a good friend of mine post that who I have a lot of respect for. And when he, he said, I don't feel like her arc was earned. And I was like, did you just put those right. words into a sentence to say that? Like in earnest. Right. You're Come a, on, you're man. You're what are you talking about? Don't pick up a football. You're so tough. Pussy right. pads. Exactly. Like, like the, the thing is like. The, the petition and like, yeah, I mean, yo, the best thing I saw, I think it was Ralph from our Arizona site. Ralph said, I want to start a petition to rewrite the last eight Phoenix Sun seasons. <laughs> Which was awesome. My thing is like, look, this is what happens to when you get a show like this that started off. I mean, Game of Thrones was relatively big from the beginning, but you get a lot of like Johnny come lately's and you get a lot of people that binge the entire show. And like, so, so, like a lot of th- they they have a, like they want their own gratitude and they f- have a way they think it's going to end and it doesn't end that way. It doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, I I didn't love the last episode. Guess what? I didn't love the last episode of Seinfeld either. But I'm not. Doesn't ruin the show for me. You know what I'm saying? Like or Lost. I mean, I didn't love the last episode of Lost. Go back and watch Lost season one. It's amazing. Sopranos, right. Sopranos, well, and everyone we'll hated the like. Sopranos when it ended, and now everyone still loves it. So it's like the the amount of the amount of whining that is going on it, it, online is just ridiculous. But but it's it's what it that's what online right. is, man. I, I I saw a dude write like a 20, 20 post thread on on all of this stuff about Game of Thrones, and I didn't read any of it because like. Ew, you just typed a paragraph on Twitter. <laughs> what right. are you doing? But it's like, yo, what do you do for a living? How do you have the time? Like, why does this matter to you? You know what I mean? I, I just, 
it's entertainment. I sat there, I watched dude get burned by a dragon. I was like, yo, that's dope. Right, exactly. Like more, more dragon burning. Like, here's the thing. If you watch the South Park, right? Remember when they were making fun of George R.R. R. Martin? They're like, the dragons are coming. Winter is coming. And everybody was on that. Like, man, it's never going to happen. And then they just give you like total carnage in the last season. They give you these epic battle scenes. And it was too dark. The writing, you know, what suffered the most—not the people of of uh, King's Landing, but the writing. Like, oh yeah, real clever, bro. That was awesome, man. Congratulations to you. These are the same people who think that like witty tweets are going to win an election or something. Like, yeah, know, we like, got Bo- Bone and our boy Bone, Andrew Bone, and Sam Spiegelman are complaining about it right now. Can we get a different ending? Also, new show writers. I've I've responded to. Oh, I, I responded to him and said, can you two grow a pair? <laughs> <laughs> Pick up a football. No, I, 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 you know, I ride for bone all the time. Remember how I was like, like riding for bone and you're like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you, why are you both like advocate? Man, now I feel bad Listen, for advocating for bone. If he's whining. You know, me, bone bones. and Rob all started at rivals on the exact same day. <laughs> actually talk about it talk about talk about a big it's 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 almost like when they have the moratorium on free agent signings in the nba and then they announce all the signings at once that's what it was for us um so it was a it was a it was a big day for rivals guess what we're all still here seven you were coming up on seven years that's a that's a, wow. a big day so all right so that's like i'm surprised hey, that's that's a great right. run that, man that's, that's lackford's take on uh on game of thrones but overall you still liked it right yeah, of course. It was great. I, I, I had no problem with it. I mean, look, wrap it up, B. Right. What are you going to do? You're going to make it to Walking Dead? You're going to have 47 seasons of The Walking Dead? I, I haven't watched The Walking Dead in like eight years. Like you're surrounded by zombies and people don't want to kill you, yet you somehow keep surviving over and over. Well, so here's my biggest issue with the people complaining about the show writers. When they started the show, okay, those two dudes, David Benioff and whatever, Daniel, Daniel. Right. Anyway, we know right. the guys that come right. on after the show and so, talk about. The so show. when they yes. signed up, they were signing up to do an adaptation. The plan was he was going to have all these books finished in time for the end of the show. There we go. Jeez. The awesome. yeah. So, so they signed Keep up going. to adapt his works into a show, which he purposely wrote so they couldn't be adapted. And for them to pull that off and make it into like, okay, five great seasons. And then they run out of material Bro, blame your boy, George, for sitting around going to comic book conventions and writing histories of the Targaryens. He, bottom line is he's been living the high life, and I don't blame him, you know, going to conventions. I, I'm pretty sure he's single. I can only imagine what's going on. But he, it's his fault. He didn't finish the books. So blame him. What are you blaming these two dudes for who signed up to adapt the series and the dude just didn't do his work? He's like, he's, he's seriously like, he's seriously <laughs> like the dude who comes for the presentation in class and is like, Oh, I'm not ready today. Can I go tomorrow? And he kept putting it off and put it. And I remember like, cause I, like I said, I basically watched it from the beginning and listened to podcasts and whatnot. And I remember people being like, man, I'm starting to get worried. He's not going to get the books done in time and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Eight years ago, he didn't even come close. He didn't. He, he he left two books on the table, not one. So, the whining from from especially a dork like uh, you know a, a not a, a relative dork like Sam, who is more into the series than anyone I know, for him to whine about the the writers. Uh, come on, Sammy, get over it. It's just on, a TV Sam. show. 
it ended how it was going to end regardless. And it doesn't matter how it was written. The the books are going to end the same way. The brands, brands coming for the number one spot. And that's that. So. Yes. And stop showing all 20 sides of your, of your 20 sided. Right. Exactly. All right. So that wraps it up for us. This is a long episode. We were looking to be short and then we got majorly sidetracked. I don't know if anybody left us any reviews. I, I, we're we're really grinding through this offseason right now. Rob was on the road all last week. I got all types of personal issues going on with my dog and whatnot, um, which, which is the only thing that kept me in Lackford from recording last week was my poor dog is uh, is uh, sick, dying, whatever you want to say. So uh, it really threw me for a loop last week. So uh, find my GoFundMe and pay for my dog's uh, cancer treatment. <laughs> Couldn't even, I couldn't even get through with a straight face. If I had, listen, tweet us if you're still listening to the show at this point. If I tweeted a thing for a GoFundMe for my dog, would you ever? Would, would, <laughs> would you ever listen to this show again? Uh, and if the answer is yes, then maybe you should stop listening now. I want to. I want to channel. I want to channel Nick right now and be like, yo, you can't just, you, you know, make, make you got to earn the money for your dog. You know what I mean? Don't just like wear a shirt saying, you know, my dog needs surgery, donate to my cash <laughs> app. Like you got to have something funny to go Listen, along with it. Boy, Nick had a, I will tell you that. So my dog is relatively well behaved his whole life, but there was a time where, uh, so Nick had gotten hired at Rivals and I wasn't working at Rivals yet. And Nick had to be out of his apartment. And I think I t- we told the story before on the show where where Nick thought we had to get all this stuff out of this apartment. And it turned out that some of the some of the furniture came with the apartment and it was meant to stay there. And Nick made me move it all out with him. And then he didn't want it. <laughs> so I saw Bro, stop confessing the So so I didn't want it either. And like, we put it in my garage and I was like, I don't want this stuff. So I put it on Craigslist and sold it. (laughs) And then the dude, when they went to like check the apartment, noticed it was gone. And they were like, that stuff didn't come with the apartment. And Nick said, yeah, Nick said, yeah, it came. You said it came with the apartment. And they're like, yeah, it came to like stay. It didn't come for you to take. (laughs) (laughs) You you just commit. You just it was already. Well, it was already long gone, dude. The guy came to my house like to pick up whatever was left, and he started getting like an attitude with me. And I was like, "Look, bro, this is not. I didn't rent the apartment from you. You're at my house. I can kick you out of here any minute. You know what I mean? Like, bounce. well, well, it sounds it sounds like a, a misdemeanor. It's or not a felony for me. I didn't you do said, anything. You said you said seven years. You said seven okay. years have passed. So I, I think the statute of limitations has run. You might be safe. So anyway, Nick had so much crap in my house at the time because he moved all his possessions here, and he was like traveling, going because it was like in the summer. It was like during camp season, so it was just me and all Nick's stuff in my house. And my dog never chewed up any pair of shoes or anything. When Nick left all that stuff in the house, my dog Grizz to this day the only pair of shoes he ever chewed up were Nick's soccer cleats because I think I legitimately think he was mad that Nick left stuff like strewn all over the house. So <laughs> he should have chewed up that furniture and destroyed <laughs> exactly. the speaking, speaking of snitching on yourself, did you see that thread where the guy like admits to transporting a brick of heroin across like the entire country? Uh, like, he goes he goes on Twitter and talks about how he accidentally transported a brick. 
of heroin across the United States. And I'm like, dude, that's a federal offense. There's no statute of limitations on that. And you have a written confession on the internet. Uh, yeah, but you and I both know that a good a good lawyer could get him out of that. So um, someone, ha- someone you, you don't know what was him that typed it. You know, come on. So all right. yeah, you can authenticate a Twitter account. Uh, well, that's a lot of work. All right. So that ra- bottom line, bottom line is yeah, that's exactly. Not all right. So that wraps it up for us. Super long episode. Hopefully we don't have to cut any of that. Uh, I, I don't think so. If, if we do, I'm going to be really mad. So uh, anyway, yeah, tell a friend, we still have not gotten any reviews on iTunes. Somebody, I, there's like thousands of you listening, according to these numbers, open the, it's in the app on iTunes. Just go down and hit the stars. Come on, man. Well, we're doing. We're doing. How do I get them like stars? That? Yeah, we are. Depending on when the when the shows come out, but there's at least yeah, at least four figures of you are listening on a weekly basis. I know that's insane. Hey, cool. Stop. Stop sleeping right, on so, us. Coach. All right, that wraps it up. We'll be back with another episode uh, next week.